Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. What's up, people? This is DJ. Hey, mi gente. This is Ish. And, and this, this is season, season two, two of Pero Let, Let Me Tell You. Efficient. Me? It's funny because the other day, one of the girls that works with me called me out on that. Good. Because because I was like, I was on a paper straw band, like a soapbox. <laughs> and I'm like, oh no, because we need, you know, like look at this restaurant. Like we were out for uh-huh. like lunch. And I'm like, they gave us three straws. Three straws when we could have used the same straw for whatever. And I'm like, do you know that straws? You know, and I went on my, you know, straw soapbox. And she's like, niño, callate la boca. Because your car, your car is a gas guzzler. And, and it's a cow. So she's like, she's like, next time buy a fuel efficient car and then we could talk. And I'm like, I'm proud of whomever said that. I'm like, I, okay, I'm speechless. Yes. <laughs> I want to save the environment, but that doesn't mean I, I don't want horsepower <laughs> and torque. With that said, welcome to episode 73, everyone. Uh, welcome, mi gente. Welcome where it's all some... about horsepower and torque. It is all about the torque. We're, the tor- tor- we're torquing. It torquing. No. We're, we're torquing. It torquing. No, no, no. That doesn't translate in Spanish. I don't think so. Torquing. Well, speaking of twerking, because, okay, my correlation is, and everybody, welcome. Welcome back. Welcome back. I feel like that's for me because I was on vacation for like almost a week and a half. Then we have been singing welcome back a lot this (laughs) season of Pero Let Me Tell You because this was your fourth vacation. This year, yes. My third this summer. (laughs) Okay. Okay, so I just remembered what it is I wanted to talk to you about because... Um, you said twerk, so I thought of Miley Cyrus. So when I thought of Miley Cyrus, I thought of Billy Ray Cyrus. And when I thought of Billy Ray Cyrus, I thought about Old Town Old Country Town Road, Road or what is which is now going to dethrone We Belong Together and Despacito as the longest running number one song ever. And still, most people have not heard of this song, which I think is wonderful. And I, as I told you earlier, there's a remix that came out this week with Obama on it. Well, you know. It's not really... Well, it is Obama, Wait. but they got, like, a speech of his, and they, like, added it to the song, and they, like, remixed it, and... Does this mean that the lambs are now all just going to be saying, thanks, Obama? <laughs> but you know what? You know what I was saying? I was like, you know, I'm okay with this song. Well, I'm not okay with it breaking the record, but I prefer it 
that it be this song. If this is your option. Then, you know, like a song by like another singer, let's say like, you know, I like Rihanna, but like Rihanna or Ariana Grande who right. are potential like, you know, potential competitors to Mariah, you know. Like on a on a on an icon level. Right, right. right. That I'm, I'll be like, well, you know, at least she didn't get knocked down by like a credible artist. <laughs> she got knocked down by like a song that's a joke. It's the little things, isn't it? I think it says more about us as a society and our music taste than about her song. <laughs> Okay, I'll bite. Yeah. I'll take so, it. I'll take so that. So yeah, America, our longest running number one song ever is Old Country Road. I wonder what's going to dethrone it. Nothing. Mar- we, once we I day ha- once we Taylor day Swift ha- just released a new single. Okay. And Taylor Swift has had very popular songs. None of them which have come close to dethroning um, One Sweet Day. No, no, not One Sweet Day. But I'm saying like if it, if it can become number one next week, then... Oh, then it'll tie. Right. Okay, then let's start voting or streaming Taylor Swift. <laughs> so, anyway. Yes, everyone. Episode 73, Old Country our, Road. Our, and we're, we're talking about our favorite topic, Taylor Swift. Yet again. And, 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 yeah, and, like, younger people today will know Billy Ray Cyrus for this song. Yes, and, and not, not Icky Ricky Hart. Ricky Hart. And then there's a whole middle generation that knows him just as Miley's dad on Hannah Montana. Yes. Don't tell my heart. Wow, there's somebody who's... Ha- those are three very interesting little tent poles to be known as. Yeah, kind of like Lamar Burton. Oh, LeVar. LeVar Burton, oh. yeah. So, anyway. Makes me happy. Okay, so tell me and tell our All listeners right. um, about... And we're talking about the Mueller report in this episode, if it kills me. Fine. We're okay. But before we talk about the Mueller report... Tell me what so Ish came back from P Town this week and I Provincetown, Massachusetts. I came, I picked him and Jose up in the airport. Yes. And, again. and he was like, There's something I need to tell you that happened to me while at P Town, but I'm gonna tell you in the podcast so I can get your first reaction. Right. All I know is that it involved a hospital. Yes, it did. So clearly he didn't give birth, so I know that's off the table. Is that a fat joke? No. <laughs> and you already had your appendix removed Correct. when I was there, so that's off Correct. the table. Correct. And I know it's not diviticulitis. Exactly. So those are three things that it's not. Okay. So we got in on Saturday. We, you know, we took the plane, we took the ferry. So you get to promise I didn't take a ferry from Boston. We took the ferry. We got into the B and B. It was about like maybe eight, eight o'clock mm-hmm. or so, whatever. So whatever. I go upstairs. We go upstairs. I we're getting ready to go out to meet up with some friends. And I go to the bathroom to freshen up, to wash my face. Mm-hmm. And as I walk out of the bathroom, I tell Jose, I'm like, babe, I don't, I don't feel right. Mm-hmm. He's like, look at that bus. I'm like, I don't know. I just feel really bad. My, and my, like, I feel like my heart just racing really, really, really fast. Mm-hmm. My heart was going 160 beats per minute. Oh, my God. And it did not come down. Okay, what the hell's wrong with you? This is Christmas dinner all over again. Well, <laughs> no, it was going 160. I had to, I took off my shirt because I was I was hot. I sat right in front of the AC and I started to feel a little cooler, but not like cooled down. Jose put his eye uh, his eye watch on my on my wrist. He's like, okay, let's you know to check your heartbeat. I think the lowest it went was like 158. It was like 160, 162, 158. So Jose, I'm like, I don't feel right. I don't feel, I, I feel like something's did you feel, wrong. Did you feel, you felt, started feeling bad the moment you got there or mm-hmm. was that like? De pronto. de pronto. Fue de pronto. I, it was so, my heart was beating so much and so fast that I felt the arteries in my neck. Oh, that's always lovely. So we call 911. 
What a great way to start your a start a vacation your week at, at P Town. So they get there, they go upstairs, they take my blood pressure. My blood pressure is fine. I have no temperature. They're like, "Are you feeling dizzy?" I'm like, "No, I don't feel dizzy. I don't feel faint. I don't." And feel this nauseous. was on Saturday when you got there. This is Saturday. Como ya era casi las nueve de la noche. Okay. I've got that boom, boom. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what it was. Yeah, this was not a Saturday Night Divas situation. No. no. So they they take they have like a little mini EKG. They take and they're like, you you have an irregular heartbeat, and we think it's an AFib uh, arterial fibrillation situation. Oh my god. <laughs> We're taking you to the hospital. So they put me in the stretcher. Now the I'm on the second floor, so the stretcher is. What the, it's like a, it's like oh a chair. Oh my god! You were carried down with a stretcher. Yes, because how I, dramatic. Because if I because their their fear was that right. If if my BPMs were going that fast, sitting doing nothing, if I tried to walk, yes, like I would, it would blow up. Yeah. So they put me in the chair, blah blah. So they put me in the in the ambulance. Now, what I didn't know until this trip is that the nearest hospital. To Provincetown is in Hyannis. That's which, like in the middle of the Cape, right? Which is an hour away. Yeah. Okay. Fine. So there. It's like know, in the middle, right? More or less. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I'm going on in the ambulance and going, you know, and whatever. That's a name I hadn't said in a while. Hyannis. Okay. Go and ahead. then I noticed though that at one point it's like slowing down. So in my mind, again, I don't know how far it is. Your heart is slowing down, or the no, car? Chico, the car, <laughs> the ambulance is starting to slow down. So I'm like, okay, maybe we're here already. What have you? No. Mm-mm. No, because this is the ambulance that is carrying me, and this is the start of my vacation. It's a comedy of errors. So, what had happened was the check engine light came on on the ambulance. No. Yes. No. <laughs> the check. Yes, the check engine light came on. So they had to pull over, call another ambulance to, to come, come and get up. me. They transferred me to another ambulance with Jose, and then we went to the hospital. So, you know, they're asking, so obviously they're asking, you know, all these questions like, you know, what's your... How did I not know this? Because because Jose and I actually, we made the conscious, I haven't told anybody, we made the conscious decision to not say anything, especially to you, to talk about it on the show, to just tell the story as and get your... He's sacrificing himself for you, our listeners. Yes, yes. So take it. It's all for you. So I get to the hospital and, you know, they're asking all these questions. I've never been asked so many times if I had done cocaine <laughs> in my life <laughs> four times they asked every time a nurse would come in or a doctor or whatever like so you know um what were you doing tonight oh okay you just got okay did you take anything do you have any alcohol any cocaine like it, they were very specific about the cocaine yeah. you know i was like bitch i'm cuban but i mean don't, you don't got a stereotype like that <laughs> um so we're there then they asked me they're like have you ever been in this hospital before i'm like no, like I didn't even know this hospital existed, which was a very nice hospital. Shout out to Cape Cod Hospital to everybody. If by chance you're listening, it was a fantastic experience. Oh no, because there's another Ismaeliano in the system. What? There was another Ismaeliano that was in the system in the middle of Cape Cod. Look, he was like it said he was like in his sixties or something. But like there's another there's another person with your name another out there. Another me. Another name. Exact name. Oh my god. So like three times, they're just like, are you sure you've never been here? I'm like, I'm, I'm pretty sure I've never been here. So they got me plugged up, not plugged up, plugged in, you know, the, the heart monitor and everything. And it just, it's not coming down. So they give me, like, uh, through the IV, they give me this, I don't remember what the names are, because you know que los nombres de todos toda medicina are like the blah, 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 and shit. So whatever. That brought my 
um, my, heartbeat my heartbeat down, but they were saying you still have an irregular heartbeat, and I was like, all I keep thinking is heartbeat song by Kelly Clarkson, and I was like, well, I could have used that. I keep thinking, what do they mean? It's going down. It's okay. they're like, no, check your and what basically is when you check your pulse. Okay, everybody's checked their pulse, I'm sure, at some point or felt their heartbeat. You know how it's a constant beat, like it's yeah, you know, it's very constant, or even even if it's faster, but it's constant or whatever. Mine was doing that, but then it was like there was a second heartbeat mm-hmm. underneath. So while this was doing this, underneath it was like it was all over it the place. It had some rhythm. It had a, well, I mean, it is a Cuban heartbeat, you know, yeah. like the Cuban appendix. Yeah. Um, boom chicky boom. Exactly. Chiki, boom. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So they're like, well, we can't send you home, obviously, because you have an irregular heartbeat. So they're monitoring me the next day. So I stay over. I get I don't know say all that I wound up in a room at like four in the morning. They're monitoring me all day Saturday. Uh, I'm sorry, all day Sunday because I got there Saturday. So all this is Sunday. why you didn't post pictures for so long. Exactly. I'm like, I'm like eighth in P Town. Yeah, I'm already <laughs> waiting for his like exotic picture. And I'm like, there's no pictures. I all I hear are crickets. Right. See, now it all makes sense. It all right. Makes sense. It all makes sense. So you know, all day Sunday I'm in the hospital, and at that point, the doctor, the cardiologist, comes in and says, "Listen, man, I hope you have you have out of network benefits in your health." Insurance. We're about to find out. <laughs> Um, well, I mean, I have United, so it's pretty... No, and it's emergency. And so. it's an emergency, exactly. So it's not like I just, you know, not like I had a splinter. So then the cardiologist comes in, he starts talking to me, you know, what's happening is, you know, you're still having a regular heartbeat. Um, your sinus rhythm, which is what that is, is still irregular. Um, we think you have, you have, your heart still has like a flutter. So I went from a fib, uh, a fib to a flutter. Yeah. Well, what does that mean? Well... You know, we want to, we're going to monitor you to see if it if it corrects itself. Sometimes that happens. Sometimes it does correct itself. Um, but if not, there's this uh, procedure that we want to do with this electro no sé qué cosa. Yeah, that's my father's had that done. Yeah, we're basically they stop your heart and reset it. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I was like, wait, what? Like, yeah. You want you want to like shock me? Mm-hmm. I'm not Debbie Gibson. Shock your mama. <laughs> shock shock your mama, baby. So shock your heart. Shock your heart. So they're like, well, we'll see what happens and blah, blah. So at this point, I'm terrified. Jose's trying to, you know, keep it together Have for you called me. your parents? No, I didn't call anybody. I didn't tell anybody. I'm telling you, this is the first anybody's hearing about this outside of Jose and Rick and Joe. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, so I'm like, well, I don't want to get my heart shocked in the Cape Cod hospital. <laughs> Luckily, what they then did was they put me on a slower drip of this other uh, medicine mm-hmm. that apparently it... Were you feeling better at this point? The thing is, I, I didn't feel like at one point I got up to go to the bathroom and the nurse, like the nurse, I heard her voice come in. I went to go pee. She's like, are you okay in there? Blah, blah. And Jose's like, he just went, he just had to go pee. He went on. So it's like, yeah, but his, his BPM spiked to like 170. Oh. But I wasn't feeling palpitations. Oh. So, you know, they weren't going to let me go with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but no, it, it all, it, so they put me in a drip of something and it, it steadied it out. I mean, I've been fine ever since. I'm going actually, because this is... This is Petal Friday, so actually I'm going to the doctor today, my, mm-hmm. my primary, to follow up. Um, but I have no idea what it was that caused it. The nearest thing that I can think of is I took an Allegra D, mm-hmm. and I looked up the side effects of it, and it can cause an irregular heartbeat. Mm. So I took an Allegra D, and then later, like about so, like, so like two hours later, so at lunch, you, you know. stabilized while you were in the hospital. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I and stabilized. they gave you the green light to go. They gave me the green light. They didn't have to do any procedures. They didn't have to shock your mama They didn't have heart. to shock my mama or my heart or, or, or anything. <laughs> but what they did do on the ambulance, and I'm showing you this, is that they shaved like two patches here. Yeah. That's so cute. while I was sunning, you know, in the oh. middle of, of P-Town... I, it looked like a damn raccoon. Actually, you know what? It's not that bad. I've seen no, worse. No, now that's grown back. Remember, this is like a week later. Yeah. Yeah, but I've seen worse. It's, it's not that bad. It's no, but it was bad. just like dos pache. Like, in the, it looked like a raccoon. Um, but so, yes, I'm okay. But, you know, just I, I want to put it out there. You could be the 1% that has an irregular heartbeat with Allegra D. Oh, well, yeah. So, you know. You are the 1%. I am the wrong 1%. Um, um, I wish I was the other 1%. You know what? So now you know. Um, so my dad has had some heart problems in, yeah. in the last couple of years. What I did not know is that there's two form, there's two types of cardiologists. And the way they jokingly mean? called themselves, eje plomero y electricista. Because there's some cardiologists that are worried oh, in terms of, okay. of um, you know, the health of the heart. If you right, have any right. clogged artery, arteries, and those are the ones who do like the bypass surgeries and the AFibs and stuff right. like that. But a lot of people have issues, which is the heart condition that my father had with the electricity of the heart. Oh, okay. I was like, what? <laughs> when, when all this happened and I got involved yeah, you know, yeah, with my you, dad. You wind up learning you know, so much. I was like, wait, what? They're like, yeah, we call each other the plumber and the electrician. And, you know, each each cardiologist, I mean, usually... They, like, specialize? The, the more popular ones are, like, el plomero, you know, the ones that have to do bueno, with, like... Bueno, porque se tiene que entrar and has to get things like done. your high cholesterol and, right, you know, right. whether your arteries are clogged and right. all that stuff. Uh, because I guess more people have that. But, yeah, it, it, it's cardiologists that specialize in the mm -hmm. electricity of the heart. And I'm like, yeah. wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> so I guess this is... I mean, we'll see what, what what happens next. I'm sure I'll have to go see a specialist. Um, okay, we need to we need to get these heart matters of yours they, solved. <laughs> but they did an echo, and my heart was fine. Mm -hmm. They did blood work, and I did not have a heart attack. Okay, it was so they ruled all this out. So that's why I'm like, literally, the only thing that happened that I did not do norm, you know, that's out of the norm, was the Allegra D. Yeah, but I've taken Sudafed before, so I don't know. Maybe maybe, maybe now I take. I think I've taken Allegra, but I don't know if it's. I don't think I've taken Allegra D. And did you take this during the plane, after the plane? I took it on the plane. Mm -hmm. I, so the plane, the flight was like a 11. So I took it at maybe 12.30 or so. Uh -huh. And then, you know, I got off the, we got off the plane. It was fine. We went to, we had lunch. I had a drink with lunch. Um, you know, I had another drink on the ferry. But, you know, nothing out of the ordinary. Like literally a drink. Good, good thing. Good thing you only had a drink. No, menos mal that and I would that, that I didn't go like you know party you know, time. Yeah, you need you need to get this. You need to get this because it's already well. No, okay. no, but the other time I thought it was a heart, but it's not. That's my acid reflux. Okay, but you We've know what? That okay, part taken yes, care of. because now you're ruining things for people. You know, you <laughs> messed up this vacation, or at least part of it. You know, you messed up our Christmas dinner. I mean, you need to have some consideration on other if people. Not, if it, I'm such a, a cold, I'm a cold-hearted bastard. You're a cold-hearted snake. <laughs> Well, I'm happy you're okay. Yep. That would have been one hell of a phone call. Right? Well, that's the thing. I was like, I'm not going to call anybody unless, like, if I was going to, if I had to have the procedure, then yes. Because God forbid something happens. I would have flown into, <laughs> I would have flown into, I can't, that city. And I would have driven to Hyannis and been like, well, well, yeah. well. Yeah. Look at us here. But it, <laughs> what 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 an interesting turn of events. Yeah. But again, I want to give a shout out to everybody. The, the staff was absolutely fantastic. The nurses were great. And I also want to give a big thank you to my friends Rick and Joe mm -hmm. because um actually Joe took in took the bus mm -hmm. 
from P-Town to come out to be with Jose because I didn't know what, we didn't know what was going to wind up happening. Right. So I was like, how long did that take? An hour. Oh. An hour and change. Um, on the bus? Well, that's not that bad. I thought it would on be the bus, worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, you know, he took an Uber back mm-hmm. without us because mm-hmm. it looked like everything was going to be fine. So I was like, just, just go back. You can go back. Don't worry about it. The thing is, we don't know when we're going to, when they're going to give me the El Alta. Um, Elata, you Elata. Know. I don't know how to say it in English. You mean discharge? <laughs> discharge. Like, like, you don't know that. Elata. You know, I don't know when I was in the hospital that corner when they were going to give me an Elata. <laughs> well, you can't say. Also known as being discharged. Discharged, yes. Well, you have to say diverticulitis. Diverticulitis. <laughs> it's a diverticulitis. I have those, to think about it when like, I say it in English. I mean, I usually. Can say things in English but not in Spanish. Yeah, but, but this I can one, say in Spanish. Yeah, diverticulitis. diverticulitis. And then in English, it's, it's, it's diverticulitis. I have to divert. Think about it. I have to think D- about it. Diverticulitis. No, diverticulitis. Diverticulitis. Yes. Diverticulitis. Yes. Diverticulitis. Exactly. So, well, we're happy. We're okay. Yes. That you're okay. Yeah. Oh, I'm so happy you're okay. This would suck if I have to do the show by myself. Everything. <laughs> I'll be like, but well, let me tell you, people. Well, it's like, but then you can have like a rotating, you know, guest hosts until you find one, and then you can like have, on Regis and Kelly. Yeah, you know. and then you can have the listeners vote on who should be. Picked. I guess, but then I'll end up with somebody insipid like Ryan Seacrest, and he'll be like, "Ugh." Oh. I love that you and I live in a world where you and I roll our eyes at being stuck with Ryan Seacrest. I know, right? Even though it would mean like if that were to really happen, this podcast. <laughs> If Ryan Seacrest, no joke, if you die or you can't do it for health reasons and Ryan Seacrest is Wants my guest in. host, I will we'll bite the bullet. I will bite the, bullet, bite the bullet and love Ryan Seacrest. You'll bite the bullet. Like, you'll, you'll figure it you out. You are the greatest host ever in, <laughs> in, the, the world. in the world. In the humanity of all humanities. Uh, so yes. Wow. Well, that yep. was a heck of a story. Yep, yep. That was a heck of a story. Well... Yeah, welcome back. Yeah, so there's you know there's that, and that was fine for the rest of the trip. Like honestly, it was just I don't know, we don't know what it was. Yeah. Mm. Wow. How do you, <laughs> how do we move on from that? <laughs> uh, well, you know, we could move on. You know, some would say that maybe I was just seeking attention. Okay. Um, similar to how some may have said that you know those four congresswomen. We're seeking attention. And where to start with that? Let's start at the beginning, shall we? Because while I don't. Actually, we kind of did a last soda about Nancy Pelosi. That's true. Standing up to them. And yes, we did. Because you and I are on, no pun intended about what the story I just said, on the pulse. We are on the pulse. (laughs) You like that? Um, So. I don't even know where to start with that. Okay. You know, let's start with, let's let's start in the reverse, shall we say. I. Obviously, I condemn the president's tweets about go back where you came from, mm-hmm. especially because it was to f- all four of them and three of them are from the U.S. Yeah. So there's that. But I also question, like, what was the point of those of those women holding a press conference other than that they could? When they called him out? Well, because it's not like they it's not like my, my problem is that they were not holding a conference to no, that when they held the initial conference to to just say things that he has said, it's like okay, I get it, but you're not doing anything new. And you know, as Nancy Pelosi said, maybe you should focus on your job. Well, no, Nancy said that regarding but in general, um, no, 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 regarding no, 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 regarding um, it, uh, AOC's yeah, yeah, yeah. tweets, right? But but it, to me, this is an extension of it. No, they they had the con- they had the um, 
press the press conference after he said to go back to the country. Mm, um, no, that's why he said it. They got together and were reciting um, some tweets that he or some things that he said or talking about how he has no consideration, whatever the usual yeah. litany of things that people usually say about him. In response to them having that conference, okay, is yes, when he yes. came out and said, "You're right." You and know, then they had you, another if, press if, if you don't like it, leave. And then, and, they, and had then another, they had another right. One. It has become the theater of the, the 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 theater of politics. Well, because I think that I, honestly, I think I case, think that these girl the the squad whether oh God, it's it's their it's word. their their. Whether it's what they intend to do or maybe it's AOC, who knows? They, you know, they're they're making a name for themselves for better or worse. They're right. making a name for themselves. I am not so a did fan. Car- so did Kim Kardashian. I am not a fan of uh, AOC, which for those of you who don't know is Alessandria or um, Ocasio Ocasio Cortez, and I'm not a fan of Ilan Omar. Um, for, that, that's the Detroit one. N- no, that's the the Muslim girl. She's uh, from Michigan. No? no, she's from Minnesota, I believe. Oh, okay. Or Wisconsin. She's from the, the Upper Midwest. Okay. Um, I'm not a fan of hers. I think that she has made anti-Semitic remarks. I think that the things that she said on Israel. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, the moment you're going to talk about Israel, you know, yeah, Israel. It can not only that. That's a very, 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 very complicated yeah. issue that has been battled and has been, you know. Argued for, well, in terms of American policy, for dozens of administrations, and those people have been at war for hundreds of years. Yeah, you know, so that's a very hard thing to grapple. So I don't know, as a politician, unless there was something going like a bill, right? uh, Unless there was something in terms of the government that was going on with those countries, I would be very weary of taking something on because. It's a very complex issue that a lot of people are very passionate about, and a lot of people have very, very strong opinions in one way or another. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. I mean, it involves our country insofar that Israel is one of our biggest allies. Correct. But at, at the moment that she said it, I'm not sure why she said it at that moment, right? Mm-hmm. And and you have to be very careful. I I'm not a fan of hers. But with that said, you could disagree with somebody politically as much as you want without it making it personal. Absolutely. And and the problem is that he made it personal. And and you know when he says go back to your country, it's not even that um, that three of them are in their that country. Or country, but like uh, <laughs> Ayanna Presley, she's the the one from Detroit. She was born in Detroit, Michigan. Okay. She's a black girl. Okay. Okay. So. Later that day, after he said the whole "go back to your country" right. thing, or "go back where you no go back to where you came from," right? right? A Kellyanne Conway, you know, one of the greatest voices of our generation, it seems. She looks like the used Q-tip of a meth head. <laughs> oh my god, that is so accurate! <laughs> wow, man, your heartbeat. You know, See, it's back. So. Now I'm thinking of that. So later that day or a couple of days later, she was pressed as to what did exact what exactly what he mean? Did he mean by that when these girls oh, yes. when these girls, three of them, well, all four of them are American, uh, with three of them having been born here. She's like, Oh, you know, what ethnicity are you? Yes, she asked the reporter, yes, I saw What's that. your heritage? You know, that's what he meant. And I'm like, so are you suggesting that, you know, the congresswoman who was born here and her parents were born here and her grandparents her, her were born here, were you know, her. but obviously she's black. Are you suggesting that she go back to Africa? 
You know, because you're talking about ethnicity and like, right. you know, like, I'm like, so are you suggesting that? Because that's kind of what you just said. Also, <laughs> like, the fact that she said, like, what's your ethnicity? Yeah, like, she's like, you're, like, what's your ethnicity? Those are those times where, like, I feel bad for those reporters because you know that they're not taking the bait. You know what I mean? Like, right. like they're trying to be polished, and that's when you need to have like somebody like us so, so, or like old Cubano and be like, "Que carajo te importa de dónde vengo yo?" Or or any of them. So it's, like, so it's like, so if you're Irish and your parents came out, you know, during the great Irish the, Irish the potato, famine, yeah. you know, of the 20s and 30s. So should you go back to where like your great great grandparents? I mean. Th- Back this to the Moors. This is you. our administration. This is what's happening. Like, our administration is. This is what people are talking about. You know, so crazy well, this is what's coming out of the administration, and it's what I keep saying over and over and over again. If he was just on policy, okay, right. I could disagree with his policies, and right. that's okay. That's totally that's okay. That's what it's all and about. And I can tell you, like, you know what? I don't agree with Trump's policies. I think his policies are this and this and that. But like the fact that you know, in 2019, we have a president of the United States saying, "Go back where they came from." To three, you know, to four American citizens who are in Congress, <laughs> like. But people still live at him. People still live at him. And he, 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 he says it like it is. He didn't. No, okay, you don't understand him. He didn't. He didn't. Understand he didn't, he didn't mean, What's does that mean? Say, um, uh, a, you no, don't understand, you didn't understand it. No, that's not what he meant. And if it no, is, it was a joke. It was a joke. And if, and if it is what he said, others have said worse. Right. You know. Right. At the end of the day, it's it's well, you know, it's not the worst thing that's ever been said. I mean, I. I, I don't. I don't. I'm tired. Like, I'm tired. I don't know what else to I'm say. Tired. I'm tired like, of it. And, I, and not just tired, but like I've gotten to the point now where you know a little while ago, I mean, you were you were watching you know news snippets and whatever. I can't even watch that anymore. I literally, I literally can only just like scroll and read headlines almost, which is not the best thing in the world either because of clickbait. But that's it because I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. I just don't understand. I can't deal I with just the theater of the politics anymore. How people can normalize. That type of behavior coming from the White House. Coming okay. from, no, coming from anyone. Well, but, okay. Let's yes, broaden the scope. Yes, no, but the White House. Because I hold the President of the United States, no matter who it is, to a higher standard than everybody else. That's why you're the President of the well, United you're States. You're one of the few nowadays. No, no but I, I respect I'm, the I'm, office. I'm I respect saying. the office of the President of the United States, no matter who it is. Right. That's why I've told you this before, and I've said it on this podcast. That's why, as much as I dislike him, and I criticize him, and I say I, I disagree with almost 99.9% of everything he does and stands for, I don't like to disrespect him, because it's not so much of that I'm disrespecting him, but I respect the Presidency of the United States. And he is a President, whether we like it or not. Right. He is a President. So I don't like to disrespect the presidency because that's something that I personally still hold right. in a very high right, value right, right. and I I hold that person whoever that may be to a higher standard even if I disagree with everything they stand for politically right but the problem with him well man, one of the many problems <laughs> with him is that the, the way that he speaks he he's normalizing this behavior right. and there's so many people that are eating that up and are like his, his poll numbers went up yeah, they went five percent, right? Yes, and there were people in Hara- in, Ra- in O'Reilly that he went that were saying, "Send them back, yeah. send them back." I mean, I mean, can that, you believe that? And he did not. And then he condemns. It. These are these are the little things. He condemns it afterwards. Afterwards, it's After almost like I mean, if only he'd had a microphone in front of him to say 
No, that's right. not right. That's kind of like when he was running for president, you know, months after David Duke had endorsed him and talked good about him. Right. Months after that, that he was pressed on the issue. He's like, oh, you know, I don't agree with David Duke. I'm like, no. When the ex-leader of the Ku Klux Klan endorses you, you at that moment drop what you're doing and you make I, a statement right. saying, I... I I, I, I I shit on this endorsement. I, I, I don't. I don't back this up. I don't and, want any know. association with this person or my campaign. That is what you do. That is what anybody other, anybody else from any other um, political party would have done. But this is the new normal, and this is what people. You know, I. I don't. I don't know anymore. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. All I, I know I is that I know nothing. Well, at least we know that. And then you know, today you know the Mueller report. So what? Okay, so the Mueller report, like no, I, I nothing came out of the Mueller report. Again, I, I, again, theater of the politics, okay. right? Because I feel like we're still talking about the Mueller report, but the Mueller report at this point, to me, the Mueller, the Oracle in the Matrix has said more than the Mueller report. So and the she Mueller didn't say report, anything. pretty much, Mueller was grilled this week on Capitol Hill, okay, based on his report. Okay, he just stated. Can I ask why? Because he had said it. The Democrats he, wanted. He had said that he, uh, when he gave a press conference a couple he weeks He said back, that he would not say anything that right, was on that the that was, report. Well, he pretty much said everything that was on the report. Oh, okay. So okay, what okay. are the sound bites to take away from this? Okay. Which we already had on the report. But I guess for better or for worse, depending on which way you spin it. Right. Right? Um, you will make a victory. You know. On you can spin you it spin however it, you want. Right? To make yourself look good. He stated that. Although he cannot, it Mother. was not in his Mother power, Mueller, to charge the president with obstruction of justice, he did obstruct justice. And So wait a minute, say it again? He found okay. that the president obstructed justice. However, it is not up to him to charge the president with obstruction of, justment, uh, of, justice. of justice. Okay. The department, the Department of, of Justice, Justice, has a long-standing rule that it will not indict a, a sitting, sitting president. president. Okay, yeah, right? you've, you've told me that before. Right. Correct. So, in other words, he's not going to be charged, at least while he's president, with obstruction of justice. He was asked, "Can he be charged with obstruction of justice after he's president, whether it's in 2021 or whatever in 2020? Whenever it's over. Whenever it's over." Um, and he said, "Yes." Okay. He also confirmed that the Russians did hack into the election, which we already knew that, right? Mm -hmm. And he confirmed. And he did find that the Trump administration, I'm sorry, the Trump campaign aided and abetted with this, right? Well, but that, has, I mean, that's pretty... Right. No, but this was, this is what he said today. Okay. And right? this is all in the report? This was all in the report, but okay. now today he's, you know, was up there and saying it. Okay. Got so, it. Got it. you know... You know, obviously, Republicans were asking him, like, oh, you know, did Trump ever fire you? No. Did Trump ever get in the way of your investigation? No. So, you know, the way that they're spinning this is that, oh, he did an investigation, you know, and he, and you know, as he stated today on the record, he was not, you know, in any way, shape, or form coerced by, you know, any Republican or any, any you know, mm -hmm. anybody from the Trump administration. And his investigation, you know, found, you know, that they, did, they didn't charge him with a crime. Right. Right? But they can't charge him with a crime. But he did find that he obstructed justice and he did not give him he did not exonerate him and he said, I am I did not exonerate him. I just cannot charge him with something. Right. So obviously the Democrats see it that way. And right. you know, Trump supporters, Trump followers see it the other way. Now, I support Nancy Pelosi with 
um, with not seeking impeachment because the problem is that if they seek impeachment, if they seek impeachment, I, I'm not. It's not going to end well. I'm not for impeachment either. There's a year and some change left in his presidency. We're going to have to just suck it up, you know. Let's see what happens um, and pray for the best, yeah. you know. Um, actually, let's get into another topic that let's I wanted to bring up, you know. With the president of Puerto Rico, the governor of Puerto Rico. Oh, yeah. That's something that's, that's right. going on now. I had mixed feelings. Well, as of today. He hasn't resigned. He hasn't resigned. As of fake nobody, Friday. But, but, nobody, but nobody knows where he is. As of, I, I think. They, I, I had heard he had not left the palace. The, the governor's. The mansion. Oh. Mansion. I don't know. Maybe on real Friday. Well, <laughs> there have been updates. Something. When this first happened, I had mixed feelings about it. Because. This happened in a private conversation. Mm-hmm. It was not on yeah, a... I, yeah, I don't know enough It about... wasn't on a server. It wasn't oh, on a... Servers again. On a server. Oh. It wasn't on a, on a government cell phone. This was a private conversation. Oh, it was. And it was. And the reason why this conversation was brought into light, because two people who were in the conversation were like indicted, I don't know, by the FBI or indicted on some type of mm-hmm. corruption charges. And then in discovery, I think this came out. Oh, okay. And then somebody leaked it and all that. Okay. And I kind of had the opinion, which remember, as I always say, when we talk about these dicey subjects, yes. I always had the opinion of like, okay, while the statements that he made were terrible, right. I hadn't read the statements. But I'm like, okay, the statements that he made are are bad from what I hear. Right, right. But this was a personal conversation. And again, as a defense attorney at heart, I always think like, okay, but if we're not going to hold people in power or, you know, whether it's the president, the governor, whomever, elected officials Mm -hmm. in power for conversations that they have in private Right. Where does that? Where does that? Where does that end? go? You know, because right. again, I was thinking of like defense. I was similar to the documentary. Anyway. Similar to the documentary. Right, you right. know, if we're going to hold people now accountable legally for telling you via text, you know, go kill yourself, and, and you're going to you you're going to be found guilty of you know, or you could be charged with manslaughter. Right. Where does that end? Where does, where does, does that start? Where does it lead? Where does yeah. it end? There's like a lot of questions that you have to ask, and that was kind of my thing. I'm like, okay, this could be terrible. What he said. But it was private, so are we going to open? There's up an expectation doors? of privacy. But then mm-hmm. I read what he put. What exactly did he say? Because it was I'll- terrible. He made very, very terrible homophobic comments. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them being about Ricky Martin. I love the fact that these people will will sit through a you know Puerto Rico will sit through a hurricane and months without electricity. But you badmouth Ricky Martin and they protest, god yeah. damn it. Oh, yeah. They take um, to the streets for that national treasure. Um, well, he is a national treasure. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, they, we all visited his Puerto I Rico. Mean, I mean, I'm not Puerto Rican and he's a national treasure for me. <laughs> and Chris Rosello. <laughs> I but when he starts talking about the Dalai Lama. Okay, yeah. So when he starts talking about like nature and the grain of sand, Ugh. whatever. But anyway, anyway. Um, <laughs> so, so the comments were... Awful. Fair We're enough. Awful. Fair enough. Then, but again, it then, was then a private he started conversation. Talking, he started talking about the victims of Hurricane Maria, the people who had died, mm-hmm. like you know the bodies. Mm-hmm. They started making fun of that. I mean, it's terrible. It's absolutely awful. And they were laughing and they were being dismissive. I think mm-hmm. that as a governor, because I think that as any elected official, you have to know you. 
Okay. I would like to think, let me let me rephrase let's, let's, that, let's... that as an elected official, your priority and your main focus should be on leading the people of your district, country, whatever, in the right way. Correct. Right? Because these protests are as big as they've gotten, and there's millions of people now in these protests, mm-hmm. or, or hundreds of thousands of people right, in the right. protests, you are unable to lead your party his party has not backed him you are unable to no they they could ties with him you are unable to lead effectively and i think has he committed a crime no he has technically not committed a crime but i just think that well not technically in good conscience okay and for wanting what's the best for the people of puerto rico i think that he should resign i think he should well i think he should resign just because he's found himself in a position that is untenable he can't. He can't a, get out of it. He can't get out of it. That's what I'm saying. Right. This he, is not a. I'm going to go on a mea culpa tour. He's already apologized, and he can't get out of it. The the protest is only getting worse. And whether you agree with it or not, he cannot effectively lead at this moment. No. And if you cannot effectively lead, and then it doesn't why, seem to then, be dying down, then you know what? You need to take a hit and step aside and move on. But I really commend the people of Puerto Rico because they've gone out and they've protest and they've been very, very peaceful. They have, they have not turned violent. Oh, really? You know, no, I mean, it's really admirable what they've done. You know, you know what I kind of enjoy? I mean, we, know, we love our Puerto Rican brothers and sisters, That's right. you know, that they're here protesting and there's like a little rhythm to it. Like, dun, 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 but dun, of dun, course. Dun, 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 dun. There's like a little like beat to it. And I'm like. Only in Puerto Only Rico. In Puerto Rico. Okay, in Washington D.C. It'll be I like, no, it's like, it's like, hell no, we won't go, hell no. But here I'm like, go. I'm like, look at that. There's like a little beat to like yeah. the protest. No, aquí it's more like Ricky, vete Ricky, vete Ricky, vete, 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 vete Ricky. It's great, yeah, like totally. And people are con los cadero. Well, that you know, stuff. that's our people's yeah. way. That's know? such a Caribbean thing. It is know? a Caribbean thing. You know. You know? Um, Again, I was very kind of like, okay, this was a private conversation, and you now let me. But let me ask you a question. It's you've just said that he should resign because of what's happening, and I don't disagree. Um, Because to your point, right now he there's just no way out of it for him. This Mm -hmm. this hole is undiggable. Taking that out of the equation, do you think that just based on what he texted in private is sufficient for him to resign, or do you think that Despite being a public official, what you say... I mean, there should be some degree of what you say in the privacy of your own expectation. I think think that what... I think for that alone, he shouldn't resign. Because it was said in private. As awful, awful that it is. And I read... I mean, it's 800 pages. 800 pages? 800 pages. The Mueller report is shorter. Yes. It's 800 pages. There is a lot in there that's disgusting. That's awful. I mean, this was really bad. I'm not, I don't mean that they were like, oh, you know, those, you know, I don't want to say the word. Oh, those, you know. There's a money What? Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. <laughs> it's not like I didn't want to say that. It's not like he said that. Or it's not like he said something like, oh, you know, those victims of Hurricane Maria, what are you going to do? Right. It right, wasn't right, like... Right, right, right. As, you know, those comments are bad, but it wasn't like something... It wasn't like, like gallows that. humor. No, it, it was, was okay. really awful. Like, they were making fun of the corpses of, like, Hurricane Maria, of all those people that died. But that's why I said at the beginning, I mm -hmm. said, yes, but that was a private conversation. Right. And I have, I'm, I have very, like, strong emotions about, like people's you know first amendment right right that is a first amendment right Correct. and it is puerto rico and and um, yes for those of you who don't know puerto rico is part of the u.s so Just i'm saying. like i'm very on the first amendment rights you know he said that privately you know but the, the thing with first amendment rights remember is as it, always say it's gotta protect first everybody amendment, first amendment rights it's not your right to say whatever you want without repercussions it's right to say whatever you want without government intervention or you right. being arrested right he is not He's not been charged. He with hasn't crime. been charged with anything. He hasn't done anything he hasn't wrong been, uh, and, criminally. And he, he probably for those statements alone, he probably he won't. Right. But the thing is, although I think there is like a moral clause or an ethical really? clause to their constitution or something, something oh. that they're trying to get him on. But I'm I'm not sure. So legally, I don't want to like give a comment on it. Right. Um. But again, if. So many people in your country are against you at this point, want you to resign. You can't effectively lead. Then you need to resign. You need to resign and call it a day. Well, that's our banter for this week. Ugh. But we are very excited about our guest yes, coming up. Yes, we are. Yes, we are, guys. Okay, so if anybody's been listening to us from the beginning, you know. We've had a list of dream guests. Yes. And we've been very fortunate that we've had a couple of those dream guests. Yes. And today, another dream is going to come true. Yes, it is. We are going to have on our show Juan Pablo Dipache. Now, for those of you who are saying, that sounds familiar. He is Fernando from Full House. Yeah. Who is uh, Fuller House. Is who, Fuller is, House. Who, is, who is, in our opinion, the breakout star. The breakout star. And, and, and he was Jesus. That's true. He was Jesus. He was in Mamma Mia. You know, as I say, once you play Jesus... That's, I mean, that's the top. I mean, where do you go from there? Where do you go from there? So we are very, very happy that... I mean, we're, we're like totally humbled and happy and we can't believe yeah. that he... You know, that we're going to have him on the show now. Here's our interview yes. with Juan Pablo de Pachi. Yeah. Enjoy. All right, mi gente. As we told you, we have a fantastic guest i know we've only mentioned this guy about a good what hundred times or so on our on yeah, our podcast <laughs> um not lying when i say we are very 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 humbled honored to have a 
some would say triple threat. I'm going to go with quadruple threat because uh, he acts, he sings, he dances, he directs. He's a Juan- total renaissance man. Absolutely. A- Without further ado, Juan Pablo De Pache from Netflix's Fuller House. Thank Welcome you so much. Let me tell you. Thank you so much, man. Hi. How are you guys? Good, good. We are so thrilled to have you here because when we started our podcast um, a year and a half ago, we had kind of a list of dream guests that we wanted, and you were up on that list. So the fact that we're oh, interviewing man. you on here is a total like full circle moment for us. So thank you so much. Yeah. Well, my pleasure. It's. I think I discovered you guys one time online. I don't know how, but you. Well, you must have said something about me, and then that came to my um, Google, you know, alerts, and yeah. I was like, "Oh, who are these guys?" And you were so fun. We, so, we thank, thank you. you. We, we we've mentioned you a few couple dozen times. So <laughs> whether you personally or you on Fuller House, you know, so or just saying you were robbed on Dancing with the Stars. Yes, we'll get to Dancing with the Stars in a minute, but so obviously, you know, a lot of people know you from Fuller House and obviously from the Bible series where you played uh, Jesus, but maybe a lot of people don't know actually how you kind of started. So if you could give our listeners kind of a a quick rundown on, you know, how this kid from Argentina, you know, you know, made it, uh, you know, up here in the U.S. and is doing so well. Thank you. Well. It's been quite a journey. I mean, I'm kind of like a gypsy. I started out wanting to be part of the performing industry of some kind. I didn't really know what at the very beginning. I mean, at the very beginning, I was obsessed with drawing and sketching. I thought I was going to be a painter. Then I thought I wanted to be a Disney animator. And I was really obsessed with wanting to be an animator, especially when they were first, you know, using... uh, sketching actual sketches not cgi right and so that was my calling you know i did everything in my power to 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 become that and then when i ended up in a in a school in italy as a finishing the last two years of high school that's where i discovered the stage that's where i i was given the chance to perform greece as danny zuko and yeah like a million light bulbs went off in my head and and I was bitten by the bug, and I never looked back. I was sold. I was like, ah, this is what I want to do. So I am like, what? Well, I'm sort of 18 at the time, 19. And I thought to myself, if I want to do this thing, this singing, dancing, acting thing, then where do I go? Where, where, where's the center of that? You know, right. it's either Broadway, New York, or London. And so since I was already in Italy, I was already in, in this college. It was a short jump to London, and I had also the papers because I'm half Italian, so there was no problem with my visas or whatever. And so I went to London, and in London I kind of hustled for a while um, just to find a spot in a school like like fame, you know, like the fame schools that have <laughs> singing and dancing and acting. And finally, I was lucky, and I got a scholarship, full scholarship, in a, in a place called London Studio Centre, when I where I did, you know ballet in the morning um singing in the afternoon scene study you know at lunchtime like it was full-on the fame school so (laughs) and i started late i was like 19 when i started dance school so imagine my body was hating me because i didn't have any facility i have flat feet you hadn't Um, danced until then like professionally you had not danced until then never i i was a very late bloomer i 
I always had rhythm and I, I, I always liked club, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, and I'm Argentinian, which maybe, I mean, I don't know if, if it's true that Latinos, we have more rhythm. But, we you know, do. I, I want to believe that we kind of do. We do. Um, yeah, we do. But, <laughs> and my parents always did like photography for, for, um, for weddings and stuff. So, so as a kid, I was always going to weddings, uh, holding their equipment. And, but at some point in the night, as kids, we would stand up and dance in these weddings of people we didn't know. So I grew up, you know, dancing a little bit, and, and but never as professionally as as having actually dance lessons. Which, yeah, late. I mean, wow. Like I say, it was it was one of the biggest challenges to get my body to do certain things. But yeah, I was my first career was in dance. And so when I finished that, which was three years of full on dance training, I was given a choice whether to do musical theater full full time for a year or dance full time. And I, and I chose dance because I thought, well, even if I end up being an actor, just one more year of dance will really strengthen uh, all this contemporary technique and and that was the biggest, the best choice, because even though I did only one job as a dancer, which was Chicago, the musical in London mm -hmm. in 2002, uh, and I was a chorus boy for one contract, and That's I loved it. It was Bob Fosse. It was the most amazing show, the most amazing show. Um, but even though I loved it, it was very clear, having just done one contract, that I didn't want to be just a dancer. I really wanted to to be an actor and, and, and to sing. So, so that was like my retraining, you know, when I finished Chicago, I was like, okay, what do I do now? Cause I want to really do this acting thing, film TV. And so I started again. And after a while I got lucky and I did a movie with Billy Zane oh, wow. in right. desert yeah. Island, which, which was a complete Turkey. of a movie. <laughs> uh, It was awful, but people, some people love it cause it's got like a B B movie quality about it. And that was my very first like job in the on screen. And then, you know, slowly I started doing more TV, film, this, that. Then Mamma Mia came, which yes. was amazing. Um, I got to work with with the Meryl Streep and the <laughs> Colin Firth, uh, two of my favorite people in the world. Is that a contract they have to put the in front of their names? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just did that, and I'm not sure they're gonna like it. Um, but. But yeah, so so from there, you know, that was ten years in England, and after a while, is this okay that I'm telling you that like absolutely no? This is, this like is super is, interesting. This is super interesting. I mean, I think again to, to DJ's point, a lot of people are like, "Oh, he's Fernando on Fuller House." It's like, no, he's done yeah. a lot, and I, you know, and, and how do you get there? Because a lot of people think you fall out of bed, you get your first role, and keep going. No, 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 no. You get your first role and then you have a big break and then you get another one and then maybe you don't work for another seven years. And then like, it's really not how people think. Um, I've been lucky because because even though I did have a lot of times where I had to s struggle through all kinds of jobs. I mean, I was a waiter. I was an usher. I was a, a telesales person. I was a, I clean freaking kitchens. I uh, taught, you know kids how to dance I, I did pilates teaching uh what else um you paid your dues sir yeah i was an extra in operas i mean lots of different things to finally get to when i turned 30 and this opportunity came to be danny zuko another john travolta role 
in Saturday Night Fever. No, not Danny Zuko, sorry. Oh, Tony Monero. Uh, Tony Monero, yeah. And that was in Spain, and that was to actually lead a show for a year. I think I left the stage for like five minutes in two hours. Wow. Uh, yeah, and those breaks were just to change clothes. So it was that full responsibility of driving this show. It was one of the hardest jobs I've ever done because he dances at the top of your abilities. He sings like at the top of your lungs yeah. and all the scenes are super dramatic. So you really are using everything you've got. And that was for a year and that sort of changed my life in a way because it really honed in what it's what it's like to be a leading man, what it's like to to have that responsibility. And if my energy was a little lower than usually, the whole show flopped. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it was a lot of pressure to always be on top. And that was an amazing school. I would imagine. To... I would also think that that's the type of experience where either you loved it and you're like, this is this is what I want, or you quickly realize this is not, nah. not for yeah. me. Yeah. yeah. So And it was definitely the first. <laughs> <laughs> so... So you're you're about thirty. You're playing Tony Manero, one of the how, best roles in movie ever. How do you yeah. get from there to Jesus? Because it's funny because Ish and I were kind of joking around, you know, prior to uh -huh. you know interviewing you. I'm like, man, he's played Jesus. Like, there's nothing above that. <laughs> like, yeah, I know, I know there isn't. Actually. Once you play Jesus, and what else do you play? We we joke that the next logical step after playing Jesus is Kimmy Gibbler's husband. husband on Fernando Fuller House. Like, well, isn't it though? <laughs> it is. <laughs> I mean, because before Jesus, I was a killer assassin bad terrible person on dallas right? That's yeah. i killed my own half brother i was terrible terrible person so after that i went to jesus which was obviously you know how can you how can you how can you even imagine to play that i mean it, if they told me again that i had to play him i don't know how i would play him because it's just <laughs> so hard and so weird so after that the ultimate bad guy the ultimate good guy true what do i do and i was joking at the time i was joking but I was kind of meaning it. I was like, I would really love to play um, a drag queen or someone completely. I could see like, you in Priscilla. <laughs> yeah, completely out of all that, you know. And Fernando came along, so, so yeah, that was pretty awesome I, in terms of. I, I'm curious. The in, different. Yeah. yeah, yeah. In terms of like, yeah. you know, when you played Jesus, uh, I mean, that was a very, very big hit, and uh, you know, there was a second part to it to the whole Bible series. I know this sounds rudimentary in a way but did you find it daunting that you had to play jesus because i feel that that's the type of role that it means so many things so much to so many people that it's like how do you get it right you know the the the, the that's an interesting question because the one thing that i found out about playing jesus was that i had to let go of trying to get it right it was the opposite almost uh, of all the other roles that I've had to play. Usually you grab something from yourself that maybe you enlarge or maybe you, you know, a side of your personality that you think is going to fit this character. You know, you have a bag of tricks as well. So you sort of like add things to the character. Like Fernando, for example. Fernando is, you know, I imagine what would Maradona sound like if he spoke English, right? <laughs> so... And that's how Fernando was born. I was like, oh, okay, that's easy. Like, my brain just went immediately to thinking about Maradona. And I was like, how would he talk? He would probably talk like this. You know, very, very, like, <laughs> relaxed, right? 
And then, you know, you put the, the timing in and the funny and the fact that he's a race car driver. And da, 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 da. So there's all these elements that help you define the character. With Jesus, it's different because not only have you seen a thousand interpretations of him on different movies that you've seen. So you got this character right. from like the, I don't know, from the Passion of the Christ and from, you know, Chris, from Jesus Christ Superstar. I mean, there's so yeah. many Jesuses. And of course, you want to bring some, like, you want to bring a lot of truth, not even some kind of truth. You want to bring a lot of truth, especially to this guy. So funny enough, after doing a lot of research, after reading a lot about him and after talking a lot about him with different you know, members of the church, members of the non-church, like, finally, I came to the realization that the only way for me to play him was to ask myself, what did he mean to me? Um, because all the scriptures did not help at all. Oh, really? Um, yeah, no, I mean, because, because you know what he did, you know what he said. But what I really wanted to find out is what he was like, what okay. type of person what type of quality how he spoke how he you know and and there's no description of that so the only thing that i could do was to look inside and go well let's just find him from a blank canvas and let's just get rid of any possible idea of what he should be like and let's find him in, inside and see what i got so i had to do the opposite instead of adding things i had to subtract and go, okay, what would it feel like if I was the kindest man on earth? Like, what would I feel like? like what would that be like? Right. And so I ended up playing him really as, I don't know, maybe the, this probably sounds really wanky, but like the purest version of myself that I can find. That was Jesus for me. But I think that's sincere. And uh, It came from an honest yeah. place. Right. From a genuine yeah, and, you place, know, it was yeah, it was very genuine, and it was a, it was a it was a completely sort of open-hearted moment because even the filming itself was so incredible. But I went into the desert. We were giving like a week off, so I, I decided to go into the desert by myself, and I ended up going, you know, with a guide, with the camels, r deep into the dunes. I slept there under the stars for like three nights. And just that itself was an incredible preparation because I felt very united with, I don't know, the universe. You know, when you're in the dunes, when you're in the desert, it's only you, sand, and stars at night. You know, there's no lights, you know, in the distance that tell you that you are in a place far or close from anything. Like, it's really a, a beautiful thing. And just that, and just being able to be that alone and that small and at the same time connected with the universe was it sort of gave me an idea of how to play him in a weird way um Good, yeah, that sounds beautiful so yeah, i don't know I, yeah that, that really sounds beautiful i mean we're not blowing smoke up your ass like that just sounds like <laughs> you really connected with something and and it came through in your performance thank you thank you i mean i'm i'm very grateful to you know Roma Downey and Mark Burnett who chose me to, to do this um, because it really was I really felt that they went for the the quality of person that they wanted mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. the fact that they chose me is you know, unbelievable I mean I I didn't think myself that I was good enough to play him you know like I, I, I came from a you know I mean I'm not very 
religious myself. I'm spiritual, but my my parents are, and and I always consider myself like the black sheep of the family. You know, I'm not the guy like the son who goes to church and confesses and and, and does all the stuff. Like I'm the one who says oh, I don't want to go. <laughs> <You know? Yeah. laughs> so so for me to do this and and go oh crap maybe. I could play this and maybe I could be good enough to portray him, you know. That was a beautiful thing for me as a as a human being. Yeah. Well, congratulations because it was well received and it did well and it had a sequel. So so mm -hmm. your interpretation obviously worked. So that I mean that's quite the feat. So congratulations. That's a, that's a big deal. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. So thank you. It was it was one of the most special jobs I've ever done, for sure. So I want to talk about Fuller House. And yeah. <laughs> one of the reasons I was so, so excited to have you on the show is because this is more like a personal note. The original Full House was my favorite show um, when I was a teenager. And, you know, I kind of, I mean, Ish has known me for 30 years, so he, yeah. he knows me pretty well a little bit you know I, I i had like many people i had a lot of issues growing up i was bullied you know i could go on and on and on and full house the show the original show was kind of like a safe space for me i knew that fridays mm -hmm. in the tgf lineup no matter what else happened in my outside life when i watched full house on fridays everything was good life at that moment was good so it was a very very special special show for me and obviously I was a huge fan I like to joke that I invented the box set because I have every episode of the original show recorded on VHS and I made like a box set of, of it which I still have and I numbered each you know each tape and all that so obviously when I found out that Full, Fuller House was coming in and there was going to be a reboot of the show I was ecstatic and I have to tell you And we've said this in many times in previous episodes. That's why you get your Google alerts. Regarding you. The <laughs> moment I saw the first episode, and you, I think one of your first lines, you were speaking to Bob Saget, to Danny Tanner, and you're like, yeah. Kimberlina, she knows the Kama Sutra. <laughs> From that moment on, I was like, this guy is the breakout star of Fuller House. And I have to tell yeah. you that as much as I love the original cast, you, your character, and like your moments with Kimmy are like my favorite moments on the show because it's like uh -oh. pure comedy gold. Yeah, absolutely. So as a lifelong fan of Full House... I mean, I can't tell you how much I enjoy that character. It is, I mean, I don't know how much you had in creating it, but it is amazing, the character of yeah. Fernando. Oh, thank you. <laughs> oh, you guys are so sweet. Thank you so much for that. That means the world. Yeah, he's a, he's a bit of a, he's a bit of a, um, you know, a gift, really, of a character <laughs> because, because there's so much life in him and uh he's so nonchalant and at the same time so dramatic and mm -hmm. so he takes everything so personally but at the same time he thinks he's you know this hero with a with a sword i mean there's so many colors to him uh and answering your question i mean the creating of the character i have to say there's a big difference from season one to season two to season three yeah in my opinion of the character i think There's definitely been sort of different waves and incarnations of Fernando, but but yeah, it's it's a very 
the process of making a sitcom actually is very collaborative. Oh. So, for example, when I auditioned, uh, I can tell you the story when I auditioned because it's yes, quite please. funny. Yes, please, absolutely. Um, so I had done, you know, I had done the Jesus Project and 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 it came out and it was great and I was like on my high horse thinking, well, now it's going to be cool for the next step, right? And so it was pilot season, which is the time in LA where they audition for tons, like all the network shows. So as an actor, you, you might be really busy auditioning, right? But I never lived it as intense as then because it was 40 auditions in about a month. Wow. So my brain was about to explode with lines. I didn't know who I was anymore. Like one day <laughs> I was a junkie. The next day I was a policeman. The next day I was a rapist. The next day I was, you know, it was just like Jeez. so many characters in my mind. And I did not get one job. Not one. Okay. This is coming off playing Jesus. So I'm so disappointed. And I'm so, so thinking to myself, you know, why? it's true. I've just played this character and none of these other characters that I'm auditioning for interested interest me mm -hmm. because nothing compared to him you right. know so and I've 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 talked to people who've played him before and and that's a common thread that once you've played him it takes a while almost like a year or two to get rid of him because you feel like nothing compares nothing is as beautiful or as as fulfilling as playing him so here's all oh, these roles and I don't get one of them and I'm miserable and two months went by, three months went by and I'm literally about to leave for Spain to go back home. I'm like, screw this crap. I want to go home and like be with my family and not think about Hollywood for a second. And so I bought my flight and my agent says, oh, there's one more audition. And, you know, of course, by this point, I'm like, what, 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 what is it? And they're like, yeah, it's Fuller House. It's a spinoff of the old show. And I wasn't that familiar with Full House. So I'm one of those people that didn't get it. In Argentina, we didn't get that show in the 80s. Oh. So I was like, uh, okay, yeah, fine. Sit sitcom. I'm like, sit are you sure? I'm, I've never done sitcom. Yeah, yeah, just, just go. Just do it. I told him you were funny. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't know if I was funny, you know, because I've never done that kind of thing. So I go to the audition defeated they i see that there's like seven guys that look exactly like me before it and i'm like great and then one by one they go in and the casting directors are having the time of their lives with all these other guys because i can hear through the door that they're laughing so hard okay i'm going oh great and then finally the guy before me makes them laugh even harder <laughs> and they they are they can't stop themselves from laughing and the guy leaves with the biggest smile of, uh, on his face and there i am thinking okay it's my turn they close the door they rewatch his tape and they laugh again and they go my god this guy's amazing anyway and now you got to follow so, that and then i have to go and do the audition and so in my head i'm i'm thinking okay i can do one of two things i go in there and you know do a crappy job because I feel like, you know, or I outdo this guy by putting like 150,000% more energy than he did, even though I didn't know what he did. And so I went in there and I pretty much was like a clown, like a big yeah. clown. Um, and they laughed really hard. And then I was taking my flight for Spain. And as soon as I landed in Spain, I get a call saying, yeah, Netflix wants you to go back to L.A. 
because they want to test you with Andrea Barber. Wow. <laughs> and so that's what happened. I get to Spain. I, 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 I go back to L.A. I do the test with Andrea Barber. We decide right then and there that the character is not Colombian anymore. He's going to be Argentinian. Oh, you originally he was Colombian. Oh, okay. He was going to be Colombian, yeah. And I was like, well, I can bring more to the table if he's Argentinian because I'm Argentinian. Claro. And, and then the next day, they're like, okay, we got it. And then, and then they said, okay, now you can go back to your holiday. And, <laughs> and, and when, so I went back to Spain to finish my holiday in Ibiza. And then I went back and, and did episode one, the one that you saw. When you auditioned, uh, well, did you do it with episode. the accent? So in the audition, it was, uh, we tried both. We tried with the accent and without the accent. And, you know, everybody thought that the accent just gave it that extra ridiculous push of comedy. Yeah. You and her, you and Andrea Barber, you guys have so much chemistry. It's, it's, it's like crazy. Insane. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, I know. And, I know. and she we had lo- been... adore each other. <laughs> she had been out of, like, the game in for a very long time. I don't think she really did anything after the original series. No. She went, she got her degree. And, like, she just, like picked right up yeah. where Kim Gibbler left off and and I mean that that's why I She's say a smart cookie though. I mean Andrea Barber is yeah. one of the smartest people I know. She's just finished her own book, um, yeah. her memoirs. Um, and she's yeah, she's she did university and she's very level headed. I love her. She's and, and and then when she's on stage she can totally not give a crap about what people think. She can be wearing the most ridiculous things. She can be doing the most, but kind of like Lucille Ball, you know. She well, that's what crap. I was about to say. The Lucy and Desi yeah. skit that you guys have, I, it was like <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I mean, comedy. <laughs> you can't be vain in comedy. We we joke around. No, no. We joke around here. We're like, listen. I mean, Fuller House is wrapping up its fifth season, which I'm not sure why Netflix decided to do that because that show is such a hit. I'm like. Fernando and Kimmy should have a spinoff. <laughs> they should totally have a spin Totally be in. Well, you never know. You never know. Like, you know, we 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 try we try we try to have discussions, and we'll see. We'll see. I mean, you really never know. There's the I, girls I sure... always joke about fullest house. You know, and it's like in fifteen I, years time. I really hope so because that's a show that I mean. It's multi generational. Uh, so many people have yeah. watched and grown up from the original series yeah. to now the new series. And uh, also on a side note, I joke around all the time. I'm like, you know, I don't really see Ricky Martin doing La Vida Loca anymore. Now I see Fernando on Full House. <laughs> that was so perfect. That's so true. <laughs> Oh my god! Like when this when the I background hope, I, came I hope down. He's watched it. I hope he's watched it. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, but you know, yeah, just want to. I mean, you. Well, we just mentioned Lucille Ball, and um, actually, first yeah. and foremost, because you, like me, sir, are a Leo. It's your birthday tomorrow, so happy pre happy birthday. Thank you. you. Thank you. It's a big one. I don't know whether to be happy or depressed. Well, listen, it's the same one for me in a couple of days, so I'm I'm going with happy. So wait, are you (laughs) celebrating your last day in your 30s with Pero Let Me Tell You? (laughs) Pretty much. Yeah. We are so honored. A couple of hours. Yeah. In a couple of hours, yeah. But um, you did the audiobook for the Desi Arnaz uh, biography, right? How did that come about? Yeah. Oh my God, that that's been like a, another gift of life. Um, my lawyer basically knows Lucille Ball. I mean, no, Lucy Arnaz. Yes. Lucy Arnaz, uh, their daughter, who is mm-hmm. the most incredible human being um, 
and yeah she was she wanted to put out both her mom and her dad's autobiographies mm -hmm. she wanted to put them out as audiobooks on audible and she decided to read her mom's book okay which is called love lucy and then desi's book which is called a book <laughs> <laughs> um it's a longer one it's like 300 pages she was looking for an actor and 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 it's sort of we got introduced it's funny because she said to me you know it's not because i saw <laughs> the Lucy and and Ricky episode of Fuller House. It's actually because I saw you talk on interviews on YouTube and and I decided you were the man for, you know, to play my dad on the book. So I ended up spending eight days with Lucy in a booth where she was pretty much coaching me on how her father was and how he would have said this line and how he was thinking and what made him tick and it was the most incredible process and we both on the last day uh we both kind of felt and she said it to me she said i feel that my dad is here Aww. um and one of the last lines of the book i think he dedicates the book to her two kids you know desi jr and lucy and i think you know that's like the last paragraph of the book and i'm reading it with this with his accent or whatever and then i look up and i look at her and she's bawling her eyes out oh, as i'm saying these words and it was just so moving and so touching and, and so special like to be doing that with her there uh and then read those lines to her as if her dad was speaking directly to her i mean it was just mind-blowing wow that's awesome that's so, awesome yeah. you know we um in doing a little bit of research for the your interview, we we uh, just saw your TED talk, and yeah. that was I mean again congratulations on something you know, another achievement that was a a inspiring and yeah. beautiful TED talk. Um, I mean, I I love TED talks in general, and I feel a lot of times you know there's some people who go up there kind of like a, on a soapbox and. You know, it's, it's sometimes it's a little bit hard to relate to the person, but your TED talk was not only was it relatable, like I felt like you were in the living room talking to us about your journey and, you know, your childhood mm -hmm. and how, you know, the, the obstacles that you faced and, and it, it was just absolutely beautiful. So thank you so much for, for telling your story. Thank you. thank you so much. I mean, that was, as you can imagine, that, that was a big, um, you know, a big thing in my life. I think probably one of the hardest things that I've had to do in front of an audience mm -hmm. because, well, because I was asked by a group of young people who got in touch with me in January and they said we were organizing this TEDx event and it's called TEDx Youth, so organized by the youth in the Netherlands. And... Do you remember that school that I told you about? Yes. That I got the scholarship to go mm -hmm. to Italy. Okay, this is a different, in a different place, but it's the same organization. It's called the United World College. So, mm -hmm. that experience at seventeen for me changed my life completely. And so, when the students of the same organization are, are telling me that they they want me to give them a talk, and I asked them why, and they said because your story has the power to ignite us. Wow. I felt this huge responsibility. Powerful like words. Like huge. I mean, if they had said that I needed to give a talk for, you know, I don't know, for actors, you know, th that responsibility wouldn't have been as big as to a group of teenagers who are 
finding their way, who are dealing with who they want to be. Yeah. So so it ended up ended up being this process for me. I mean, of writing a, sh- a lot uh, and trimming the fat and realizing, okay, well, if they want me to talk about something that could be helpful for them, I can talk about my journey as an artist and where it started and how I discovered that I wanted to do this thing. And, and by going there, then it was very evident that I couldn't talk about today being an actor and a singer and this and that without talking about the bullying mm-hmm. and without talking about where it actually started. Like, yes, I was already artistic before I got bullied. Uh, but the bullying really was the thing that jump-started my hunger for um, mm-hmm. for becoming something, like becoming something that was not the thing I was bullied for. Right. So I was reactive, you know, it was almost like a... Like, I'll show like you a, guys. I'll, show, I'll right. show you, mother... You know? Yeah, you can curse. Um, <laughs> okay, I'll show you, motherfuckers. Um... And 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 the motherfuckers have been part of my life for 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 too long, uh, mm-hmm. and then it gets to a point in your life when you're maybe in your twenties or thirties, and you go, well, am I really doing this for those motherfuckers, or am I actually doing it because I love what I do? Right. And so that was a big shift in my life where it was no longer a reaction to the to to those kids who actually were like seven years old. You know, I'm talking about really <laughs> young kids. Yeah. Um, but in your head, those people like have faces and they have voices and mm-hmm. and, and, and the yeah. voices don't go and, away you know, in a way <laughs> what's that the voices don't go away no no they don't and and there comes a point where you have to like look at your life and go okay who am i living my life for am i living my life for those people who at some point said something am i living the, the life for those people who think that i should be a certain way am i living the li- my life for the people who you know give me advice and go, oh, you know, to be an actor, you need to do this or do that. And you can't right. talk about this and you blah, 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 all that shit. And finally, the tech talk was just like the culmination of that. I mean, I've been very open uh, for years, for 20 years about like I, I live free. I roam the world free. If I want to go to Ibiza and, you know, club for ages with all my gay friends, I do that. And I don't shy away from anything, really. But Damn, I want to do but, that. But you know, too. the voices, the voices were still nagging at me in some areas of my life, and I just thought, for these kids to get to take something out of this talk, then I have to be vulnerable and honest. And, and yeah, if that's all I have to do, then I will do it. So it, it really has been this TED talk almost like a, like a quest, because the moment I opened myself up, then it, I was flooded with messages from people saying oh, you have no idea how this mm-hmm. has helped me um right. my i'm looking at my child in a different way that i was before or this one guy said to me i don't think i didn't think i could last the week before i heard you talk wow oh my gosh so yeah very powerful stuff and this is all happening as we speak like it's still yeah. i'm still getting these waves of of the ted talk so so I'm very proud of it, uh, and as well you should be. Yeah, yeah. Well you was, uh, I'm glad you guys watched it. And, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it was and, it was very important to watch it and and talk about yeah. uh, talk about it because I mean, especially when you you know you're you're an actor, you're a public person, you know, a lot of times people shy away from like that vulnerability you said, 
because um, you know you have a public image and and again i felt mm -hmm. in that ted talk that you were kind of in our living room talking to us mm -hmm. about your your journey and yeah. it was very effective thank so thank you for that yeah. oh, well, thank you for, and for, I, and for I know acknowledging that no absolutely and i know you're you're kind of turning that into a, a screenplay right you're, you're... I am. I am. I mean, this is a, a screenplay that I've been working on for a good 10 years. Wow. Um, wow. And when I was volunteering for people with learning difficulties at age 18, when I was still finding out how to get into a, a fame school um, <laughs> in England, yeah, I came across this job. I mean, it was a, it was a job, right? So in exchange for for a place to stay and food, uh, I was I had to take care of uh, sort of disabled adults and you know help them through their chores and food and you know you take them to the park and right. you help them cooking and whatever. And so you know what was really just a job very soon became way 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 bigger because they were my only the only humans that I was interacting with at the time, I had nobody. I moved to London with nothing and oh. I didn't know anybody there. So, so all of a sudden I was spending my day with these beautiful people and yeah, that's where I met Philip, which I, which I talk yes. about in the Ted talk. And, and, and it was like mind blowing how these people who, who were seemingly outside of society were so much more developed from mm. a heart place and a, and a, emotional place i mean they really understood the meaning of friendship and presence and they didn't give a shit about what money meant they mm -hmm. didn't mean anything to them you know mm -hmm. they didn't care you know the right. only thing they cared about is that you were there with them and you were actually spending time with them that was the most important thing for them so ever since that time i i remember thinking damn one day i have to make a movie about this place and and what what they gave me um because they informed also my life as an artist and i mean look 20 years later i'm still talking about it yeah clearly made an impact uh, yeah so so the movie will very much touch upon that time um i don't want to say it's autobiographical but it's very inspired by mm -hmm. by that time you know sort mm -hmm. of like wanting to be an artist not really knowing how and then this accidental uh uh, situation where I'm working with with yeah. with uh, people with learning difficulties. Yeah. I can see it now where it says like inspired by actual by, events, by actual true events, <laughs> not based on inspired by. So um, as we wrap up, so you yeah. know you played Jesus, Fernando on Full House. You had a successful run in on um, in theater. Um, I love your single "Broken." By the way, just yours. gonna say yes. <laughs> I love you, that song. You have Thank a recording you. career. You. You know, um, you did your TED talk, but you, sir, were robbed of the mirror ball. <laughs> you were, and I have not let go nope. of that. So much oh, so, I've, I've watched Dancing with the Stars since like the first season, and uh -huh. I think that when you got voted off, I think that's been the only yeah. time that Carrie Ann and Abba went to uh, her Instagram or her social media to like protest that. <laughs> I think it's been the only time it's ever happened, and I'm like, yes, that that must yeah. that must have, I'm sorry, that must have sucked because you were by <laughs> far the best person. Yeah, there. you were. <laughs> Thank you. 
Um, it's funny, you brought it up and I had completely forgot. Oh, damn. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, I did that. Great. Now we've ruined um, his last day in his 30s. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I was robbed. Damn, I had forgotten that. You really were. Um, I mean, you really, really were. You know what? It was an amazing experience. I got to, like, you have no idea. When, when people at home are watching, you don't realize the degree of, um, oh, my car is going crazy. Uh, oh, shit. You don't realize the degree. Left vehicle, key left inside vehicle. Yes, I know. Um, <laughs> you don't realize the degree of pressure that that minute and a half in front of millions of people, what mm -hmm. that does to you. And, and, and you could crumble and fail miserably, yeah. or you can rise to the occasion. And I don't know, for me, it was every single week, every Monday, that minute and a half made up for all of it, yeah. you know? Yeah. Because I felt like I was on top of the world with the most incredible partner. Oh, she's wonderful. Who pushed me to the limits. And it was just an incredible, like, out-of-body experience every single Monday. It's exactly what I, what I, how I describe the thing about Philip and, and my TED talk is it's that moment of ecstasy that you can't really explain. You're out of body. So for me, dancing with the stars means that like yeah. those moments. And I got to do it. What? Up till the finale. Like I was actually yeah. dancing in every single show. So it's, I don't feel like I lost anything because what I did care about was performing. Yeah. And especially because I had a dance background it meant so much more to me, you know, right. to be able to do that in front of that many people, like what I had learned for years and I, I had perfected. And then coming out of the dance world and being an actor for so many years and then given the opportunity to dance again. I mean, it meant so much to me that I'm sad that I wasn't able to say that. So for me, it was a chance to freaking dance the shit out of it. And you did. You so. did. And you did. Like, I... I, I make no no bones of you know no secret. One of my dreams would be to be on Dancing with the Stars, and I was living vicariously yeah. through you. Like you, I mean, I was like, if I'm ever on like that, that's what I want to be. I want to be Juan Pablo. Like, I have to I have to say that when you they announced that you were going to be on the show, I'm like, oh my god, I can't wait till he does the Argentine Tango. Like this yeah. man is going to blow the roof off the building. So and we fucking did, didn't we? Damn right you did, <laughs> shit. <laughs> so yeah, it was anyway. amazing to to do that with her, especially on that last show that we got voted off. It was just everything was perfect. How how it ended as well. My parents were there. It was just perfect. Like I wasn't sad about it. I was actually happy that they got to see that, that I got to show the tango, that I got to represent my culture with my last dance. I mean, it was the whole thing was great. And also one thing that I have to say about Cheryl is that I don't know if you noticed and we only did it maybe once in the season but we were the only couple who were not putting pop music to you know the samba or mm -hmm. the like we, we weren't trying to fit a square into into a right. round hole whatever you say we were actually using traditional beats and music to every dance yeah which um, you know we were criticized for but but if you do a samba, then have samba music. If you do a tango, yeah. then have tango music. So I'm very proud to say that 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 we were the purists 
of the show. Actually, I think it's really interesting you mentioned that because again, me having watched in season one, when there was like only six contestants and it, yeah. <laughs> Dancing with the Stars lasted yeah. like three weeks, that's something I've, I've yeah. noticed in in later seasons. I'm like, they're using like Britney Spears to do the yeah, samba the, the, or yeah. the paso doble. I'm like, um, I don't know about that. <laughs> I mean, I'm not an expert, but I don't, I don't know about that. So no, but it, you know, but th there's a reason why you have a certain um, uh, beat to to a dance because that dance is actually asking you mm -hmm. if it's a one, two, three, cha cha cha. Then you put Bruno Mars to it, and it's gonna change. Yeah, the count. It's gonna change the actual law of the dance. Yeah. Each dance has a language. So if you change the music that you're changing the language and it becomes wishy-washy. And so it's, it, it, it's not a samba anymore. You know, it's not a tango anymore. Right. Yeah. So yeah. Um, so. Anyway, but I had an amazing time. <laughs> it sure. And whatever happened was actually meant to happen the way it happened. Yeah. There's a, there's a Chinese saying that's, that says whatever happens is what's supposed to happen. It's yeah. the best option It's the best of all the options that could have happened. What what's happening is the best one so yes and you being on our show has been like the best moment so yes <laughs> I, again i i can't thank you enough we can't thank you enough yeah. you were from the very beginning and this is all recorded so you could go back in 70 some episodes <laughs> and see that we're not just you know kissing your butt we have been saying over and over again that you you know there, there was a, a, a yeah. select few people that we like were our dream guests you yeah. know um because either obviously we're fans of their work or because they kind of um encapsulate what we're about and you have always been one of our dream guests so the fact that we got to interview you and we had yep. such a nice conversation with you i mean i i'm like so humbled by it yeah. so thank you thank well, you i'm humbled thank by you, you so much. i love i love how you know i love how um you're giving me the time to to talk and you're allowing me to throw the fucks around the moment you said <laughs> you can say fuck I, that was it like, shit i should have said it earlier you should have said it earlier yeah <laughs> I know. That's what I thought. Oh fuck! I should have said it earlier. So okay. I love cursing. This is not how I thought the uh, the interview the would end. With with one, the the was this is the end, guy who played. You know. So. so thank you so much, and again, happy birthday. Yes, happy birthday, man. Thank you. Thank you, one Thank you so so much. He was great, wasn't he? So. Like honestly, you know, we, we need to start up a new list because we're, we're 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 going through. Oh my gosh, our, our dream uh, our dream guests. <laughs> Who would have thought? And it's just funny again. Like I, I to, I've told you, I went through all the the, the emails on so, his page. So, so I'm gonna I'm gonna and... I'm gonna let you guys on a on a little. <laughs> oh yeah, secret. a little behind the scenes. So Ish texts me a screenshot of Juan Pablo when he agreed to um to be, to, on, the to be on the show. I got so nervous. I started like, I'm like, I like almost started shaking. I got so nervous that I couldn't, you know, I wanted to call Ish. And because we live in the day and age that we do, I don't know his phone number by memory, even after 30 years, <laughs> that I started scrolling through my my um, my contacts and I couldn't find the eye. I'm like, why can't I find the eye? And I was like scrolling to like V. And like, this e alphabet v. only has 25 letters. And I couldn't find the eye. But then he immediately called me and I'm like, thank God you called me because I couldn't find the eye in my contacts. <laughs> So I was like, Juan Pablo de Pachi is going to be on our show? Like, no. Yes. Yes, so. he is. And yes, he was. So with that said, in terms of the last soda, 
I want to give my last soda to Fuller House. Which, you haven't given it? I don't think so. Okay, okay. I don't think so. Yeah, you would think. You would think I would. I would think, yeah. Um, because Fuller House, which as everybody knows, is the reboot of Full House. Full House was my favorite show when I was a kid and a teenager. And... Um, it's a really big deal, you know, when you're a kid and you can identify with a show, especially, you know, when I was a kid growing up, like many kids, I had some issues and, you know, which we're not going to go into now. Um, we all, we like all have our kids. Our we all had our issues and we all had our moments and Full House was very much like a safe space for me. So it was a show that meant something to me. And I did invent the box set, <laughs> as we mentioned <laughs> in the interview. Uh, no, really, I did. Like, he did. We have he, proof. He did. I still have the box set. And... Just the fact that, you know, the show is rebooted and that we had one of its stars on our little podcast. It was kind of like a full circle moment for me. Very similar to when we interviewed... Um, Sonia Manzano. Sonia Manzano. You know, Maria it's, from I mean, Sesame you grew Street. up watching... We grew up watching yeah. her. And here we were interviewing her. So even though Juan Pablo was not in the original Full House, but the fact that he is now... And, and he's, he's still part of these characters that and, we love. And, and again... And he, so he's part he's of that breakout. He's, I mean, he's part of that Full House legacy. True. You know, so it's like, oh my gosh, like uh, we're interviewing on our podcast somebody from, you know, the Full House, you know. You are now one one uh, degree separated from from Full House. I'm just saying. Just saying. So <laughs> that's, um, that's my last Coke. Oh, well, that's a great one. That's awesome. Um, my last soda is actually to a um, to a model. Jillian Mercado. Okay. Uh, she is a, a Hispanic Latina model. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, but she's a model who has a disability, um, mm-hmm. and so she is wheelchair bound. Okay. And um, she's actually really she's I mean she's like a super cool chick. I mean I follow her on Instagram. In the last week, I believe it was, she posted apparently because she's a model and she travels a lot. Mm-hmm. Obviously, she needs her wheelchair to get around, and she's always having a struggle with her wheelchair. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you know, it's an expensive wheelchair and she always has to give like the right directions and they're always messing it up and it's not available and it's not there when she gets off the plane. And well, the airline that she was flying last week broke her chair. Oh no. Like broke it because they tried to fold it and it is not a folding wheelchair. Mm-hmm. Um, to the point where I think the wheelchair costs like three grand or something. Mm-hmm. And so she has taken it upon herself to, you know, get everybody on Instagram, others with similar disabilities and similar stories to share their tales of when they travel, all of the, you know, the the challenges that they find in dealing with, you know, airline uh, personnel and mm-hmm. things like, you know, broken wheelchairs and all that. And so she's really making a conscious effort to to not just kind of go, well, this happened to me, it sucks. Like she's really rallying to to bring attention to this. And I think I think it's absolutely fantastic, you know. And and it's in a weird way, it's kind of opened my eyes to some other things, Mm -hmm. which may seem silly at first. But like, you know, again, I was just on vacation. I was on a plane. Um, JetBlue on the back of, you know, the screens, the TVs, there's no closed captioning. Mm. You know, so if you're on if you're on a flight. Right. You you, if you're, you know, deaf or hard of hearing, you can't Can't watch watch the. Programming. The, the, the programming you know just little things like that that i think a lot of us take for granted and of course and and i i really commend and and extol you know jillian for for taking up this mantle and kind of just saying like you know what yes i have to deal with this but i'm not the only one right and let's make sure that it's brought up in the general you know awareness and the general consciousness and the fact that she's you know a latina 
Yeah. Doesn't hurt. You know, we love to give credit to our to our fellow Hispanics. So my last soda goes to you, uh Jillian That's awesome. Mecco. That's awesome because you know, again, it's things that sometimes we don't think about. Because right. thankfully, we, we don't, you know. We don't we have don't, those challenges. We don't have those challenges. But, you know, things like the ADA, the American Disabilities Act, which mm-hmm. wasn't passed that long ago. No. Something as simple as a ramp in a commercial establishment. There was no legislation or no, no. law, no rule that said there had to be a ramp. So if you're a person on a wheelchair, what do you do to get upstairs, you know, and all that? Again, little things like that that. You know, again, because we don't have those challenges, a lot of right. people don't even think about. But when you do have those challenges, it's a game changer. And, and it's, you know, this poor this poor woman, I mean, this is her mode of transportation. Yeah. You know, okay, great. She probably has people who in her life who are willing to be like, oh, don't worry, I'll, I'll, I'll take you here. Right, I'll, right, right. No, but, but what if you don't? Right. You know, not everybody's that, that, that fortunate. And so I, I just think it's something that we need to, you know, always be very aware of. Great. Well, that was episode 73. Yes, it was. We hope everybody listened, laughed, and learned. Yeah, well, there was a lot of learning here. I yeah. Think. And uh, in the voice of Fernando, grab your pastelito, <laughs> grab your croqueta, and your jupina. And thank you, I guess. <laughs> thank you for... for pero let me tell you. That's how Fernando would say it. That is how Fernando would say it. <laughs> it Berlina. That was my, one of my favorite things that he says every time. I was like, King Berlina, you don't know. When he was talking to other <laughs> to, people. About to Danny Tanner. Yeah, right? he was like, she knows the power of the Kama Sutra. <laughs> and they're like, Kimmy Gibbler. <laughs> I, the, the moment that he said that, that was in the very first episode. I'm like, I love him. That's it. I love him. He gets it. He gets it. He gets it. <laughs> All right, we didn't say, and always keep an eye out for Allegra D. Yes. This is my PSA. Yes. The 1%. <laughs> the 1%. Bye. Bye, Amanda. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.